Welcome back to the podcast. This episode is a super coach reveal uh, episode. So myself and Jesse run through our selections for our first reveal of the year. No doubt this will probably change a number of times. It's good just to get a grasp of where things are at. Hopefully you guys take a bit out of this episode. It helps you organize your super coaches moving forward. If you do enjoy the episode, please just hit that like and subscribe button wherever you are listening. And also just give us the rating. It does go a long way to help grow and support the page. All righty, guys. Welcome back. Uh, second week of our Supercoach installment. Uh, this week is a pretty special week. We've got our actually our team reveal uh, very, very early. Uh, me and Jesse have already said multiple times this will be the first of many, many teams that we do make. But just wanted to let you guys see what we're uh, up to, what pages we're on when it comes to selecting our teams, our sort of our strategies, our mind frames. Uh, first of all, just a massive thank you as well uh, for everyone who listened to the last week's episode. It's been um, producing some pretty good numbers for us. So really, really happy uh, with that and happy for your support. One thing I'll ask as a favor, when you do watch or listen to this episode, if it's either on YouTube or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please just hit that uh, follow button and that um, ratings button. Just give us five out of five stars if you can. It, go, it does go a long, long way of help and grow the, the page and grow, grow on the channel. So really do appreciate everyone out there is who's listening to both myself and Jesse. Jesse, uh, it's been a week since uh, your debut and um, weren't happy with how your technology went. I know that, but I think you were, you were great on, on so technically it's debut. I'm going to say it's a new season. So I'm yeah. going to give you another debut, debut run. All right. No, I appreciate that. No, I'm, I'm not very technologically uh, illiterate, I suppose you could call it, yeah. but bit of a, a few hiccups so far this afternoon, but uh, we'll um we'll just try and kick on. Hopefully, the audio is a bit better than last time, and you know, get it going. A you bit know, better. I don't know if it's I don't know yeah. if it's you. Just you've already got people in spinning in a web with just how good you have been at Supercoach. But I had a m- multiple people actually message the page and say, you know what, I actually think it worked in his favour because we came out and said early on that you're not great with technology, and then. A bit of tech, a bit of audio issues happened, and then people just didn't even care. They said, "Nah, it's all good." Like you made it. It was very personable. It was very approachable to, to hear someone else have some issues in the in the past. So, um, yeah. look, I don't know how you've managed to to spin this, but it's actually worked in your favour. So, well done. That's a bit of a disclaimer. You put it out there that things will probably go wrong, and when they do, no one's mad. <laughs> very good. And look, guys, what we're going to do this episode, I'm going to go through my team first because I am not the professional when it comes to to Supercoach. I am not the Supercoach whiz. I did not finish in the top 15 in 2023. That is all Jesse. So I'm going to do mine. Jesse's then going to come in, probably criticize the absolute shit out of my side, um, ask me why I've done this, why I've done that. But you know what? Sneak preview, we have looked at each other's sides and it's there's a few players there that ask him. So it gives me a little bit of confidence and then, I won't do this vice versa with Jesse. All I'll probably do is come at it with a more of a footy logic and just say maybe my bits and pieces on some players as well. So we're going to do once again a slideshow. Um, if you did listen to our last episode with the League of Inches crew, we went through the jerseys and did that slideshow, which I've been told worked really well with the viewers able to watch um, what we were doing. So a bit easier to listen to the podcast version, obviously, as well with this, but there is a YouTube and you can see our team on the screen. So here we go. Uh, I am up first. I've made it so a little bit stretched out, um, which does look a little bit funny, but I thought it makes it a bit easier to actually see the, the figures when it comes to the dollar signs uh, and the names and things like that. So I'll start at the top. 
Uh, obviously, hookers, everyone's talking about Harry Grant. And on our episode last week, we spoke about the other options just to free up a little bit more cash to play with a few things and, and see what you've done. I've decided to go that option. Uh, I've looked at the Melbourne Storm opening draw. And as I think we mentioned last week, I'm a bit scared to touch really any Storm players uh, for the first probably five five rounds or so just to see how they are going and wait for their draw to open up a little bit. Um, so I've gone Reese Robson as my hooker and I've gone Jaden Braley as my bench hooker, which I think 95% of teams will have Jaden Braley at least on the bench uh, for their sides. My front row, I have gone for Payne Haas, who I just think is an absolute must to start this year, 2024 super coach. Uh, I've gone Flegler as my second choice. The more I think about Flegler, the more I love him. Uh, and I feel like I just, I, I need to start with him in that side. Uh, I think his minutes will increase and I think he's going to the Dolphins here and he'll be that sort of that main guy alongside Tom Gilbert uh, to really lead this forward pack um, into the future and they'll be starting this year. Uh, my bench forwards are Fletcher Baker for the Broncos who have just moved up there from the Roosters. I think with Flegler going, that should increase his minutes. That's sort of the first guy uh, I'm not I'm not 100% on yet. I, I could easily change that. Um, and Viliami Fafida is my second choice, uh, who I think just there's been so much talk about in the last couple of years. I just think he has to nail down a bench spot. And if he can do that, he's that bottom dollar. He should be able to get us some uh, price rises, fingers crossed. And he also has the jewel, uh, which I really like as well. Uh, my second row, I've actually gone the mid-tier options, which I think a lot of people who I've listened to have had their um, team sent through to us, has similar sort of things. So I've just gone... Uh, I'll go on Wong from the Roosters, who, as as we said last week, you can choose probably five, six or so uh, of their forward options, really, and just plug one in there. I've chose to go Wong, who is the most expensive one, but I do like his upside. I think he has a lot more tackle breakability, line breaks and things like that on the edge there for the Roosters. I think Sean Lane's an absolute must for 2024. You just simply have to start with him and Josh Curran for mine. So they're both in my starting team. I go on Brandon P. Cura uh, for the Broncos, who will nail down that starting second row spot. Callis Duncan, I didn't have originally, and I've only just recently brought him in because I've heard more and more rumors starting to heat up that he is nailing down a starting edge spot at Sydney Rabbitohs. If that is the case, he will definitely be starting in my team. He's only 321K. So the last one's Maverick Geyer. I'm again, I'm not too sure about this one. Um, he is bottom dollar, which is one of the reasons I, I probably did put him there. But I think with the fact that um, we have seen Lenyu leave the Penrith Panthers, that opens up that bench spot for the forwards. And he sort of got a little bit of a taste, and people were starting to talk about him last year. So I think he might look at maybe being that player they give a go, but uh, who knows there. And for my halfback, I have gone Nico Hines to start with. I think he's once again one of those players that is an absolute must. Uh, and I have gone my reserve halfback as Ronald Volkman, which has recently signed with the Dragons. So it should be a Dragons logo there, Supercoach. Um, I don't know about him yet either. I'm just, if he does get that starting 5 8, I think he's, he's close to a must, but I'm a bit nervous about starting with. And you see my next lot with the five eights, just the two sort of cheapies on the bench there for my playmakers. But Jesse, that's the first half of my side. Um, yep. Don't ramble too much early on. I'll let you have a have your shot at this part. I'll let everyone know as well. I still have about 200k in the bank. But the thing I'm finding a bit hard is I just can't find players who I feel like is valuable enough to go up to that next level that I'll need to go. Um, 
or I'm just a bit short on going to that extra, extra level that I feel like some of these players should be getting promoted to. Yeah, it, I'm having a real hard time finding good cheapies, really. We were had we were blessed last year with so many really bottom dollar, like basement price, absolute minimum players that were pretty well locked into starting roles to make that coin. But they've all got their positions now and they've kind of nailed them and they've gone up and no one's come to replace them. So um, it's not as easy to have that cashy gun divide anymore because there really isn't a big pool of good cash keys. But again, we're so far off. I think we're what, two months away from having an idea. So um, I like the first page, to be honest with you, man. Um, obviously, you know my thoughts on Robson. I think he's great value. I think that 200K saved from Grant's so valuable um, to spread around. And Braley's, you know, that's a pretty much a given. So the, the hookers, mine is the exact same. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute anyway. But that's that's pretty well locked in. Um, Haas is probably, you know, one of the best options you're going to get. Um, and Flegler too. I feel like Flegler's uh, undervalued. I think he's probably got about eight to ten points of value to climb up with his um, with his current pricing. So that's a really good option. I will get to my team. I, he isn't in there, but I probably am going to change that at some point. It's just the early buy kind of hurts a little bit. And then yeah. to think, who do I bench to cover him you know it's nothing too special either so um for feeder hopefully like the dragons are so thin you know what i mean like hopefully you think you get a run in there at some point or even get on the bench it's kind of what you're expecting him to do at that price but that's for for the bottom for the bottom dollar i think it's probably the better option out of anyone so far without seeing much more come through and then um fletcher baker i suppose you know if you just got to plug someone out 300k he's, he's pretty good still early days to see where he comes in but um, at the moment, yeah, that, that 300 pool is just pick one, I suppose. Um, the second rowers, I've got a bit more money sort of pushed into the, the second rowers, but everyone has got that same template looking thing going on with Wong as a really good pivot to push on, depending on what his position is. You can just go, okay, I can go from Wong, probably to kick out or to Fermi if you want to, or down to Bloor if he gets a start. Like, there's so many players in there, um, picking six of them. You've got Lane is going to be a, a lock-in, so that's that's a given. Um, same as Curran. I don't know how much more upside Curran has, to be honest with you, man. I've, I've been thinking about it more and more. Um, I think he goes up, but I don't think he's going to really take off as much as you, you sort of want him to, compared to what they've got on the bench with him as well, like Kurt Mann and all the other props that are just, you know, who's going to be in there? But... I can see him turning into a consistent sort of bench player, if I'm being honest. I think some of these others will rise in cash and you might be able to play around with a few things. I just think Curry might become one of those players that I really just sort of sit on the bench. And if I do have injuries and I need that person to get me a consistent 50 or something, he might be the man. Yeah. If if you can get 50s, it'll be pretty good. Um, I don't like, he's got a little bit of attacking upside, which is nice, but he just tackles hard and he runs hard. So, um, with his price at 420, man's a little bit cheaper depending on what position he gets. Sutton's a bit cheaper. Um, Liam Knight's a bit cheaper, but you know, I don't expect them to be pushing for the lock position. So um, he's a good pick. Everyone's got him. You know, even if you if it flops, you're going to be with the pack anyway. Um, so it's not too much of a concern. But I, I think he'll probably get a spot, but I don't know if he'll keep it. That's just the trickier one. Um, Pia Cora will get the spot. He's fine. 
that's decent value. You know what I mean? Like there's no one below him that you really want to get in. Um, Duncan as well. I'm saying just Duncan everywhere, to be honest, as well. So <laughs> it'll be pretty good. If he gets in that spot, um, what, you'd imagine he replaces Arrow, I suppose. Is that the consensus? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Arrow might be moving. If, if it does happen, Arrow would then probably move into a bench forward uh, and come on either at times on the on the edge to if there's an injury or the like or in that front row option, yeah. which... I think in it, more in our team previews, we do either Supercoach or if when we do our normal League of Interest crew team previews, we will mention, I think South actually, when you look a bit deeper into it, there is some options there for South City in terms of forwards playing a bit longer minutes because I don't see there's a massive array of forwards. I think there's a bit of an issue there with the, the Rabbitohs forwards and depth. Yeah, um, it is a little bit, I would say, and it just you'll see what my team looks like as well when it comes into when my team comes up. And the reason why I've gone with the players that I have is pretty much that exact reason, man. Um, yeah. it doesn't like they lost who did you lose? Um, Jed Cartwright's gone, Moali's still there. I'm not sure. I know they've had a few players leave. I'm, I'm not too uh, sure. Jaime Selly as well. Selly's gone back to the Dragons, yeah, exactly. So I, I haven't seen much come up from them except you know if Duncan gets that spot would be good um Arrow's got experience moving around anyway so if you're gonna if you're gonna do that swap it would make the most sense um and then with Maverick Guy I'm seeing that like Hosking looks like he's on the way out too so there's could be another bench spot that opens up for him um and if Guy and Liam Henry are both options on those bench spots and they're both very cheap they could be very good as well so and then obviously you know Hosking becomes an option again because he's a beast so um, yeah, Gaia, Gaia looks like a good shout at the moment with just what I've been seeing, but we'll just have to keep an eye on things, I think, when it comes to setting that second row because it's such a valuable position. And they're, without spending monster coin on it, you, you're playing with that mid-tier. And there's just so much uncertainty at the moment. And it's, it's not, like it's a hard position to come back and go, okay, I've got six players here and only two of them are, are pretty well locks to, to recover from. And that's that's kind of why I'm like, ugh. We'll see. Um, Nico Hine. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, no, you go. Go, Nico. I forgot about Nico. Was there? Yeah, yeah. So you got Nico and Bogman. So, um, yeah, Nico Hines, man. He's the best player in the game, I suppose, statistically. So um, they've got that easy run at the beginning, which is nice. And it, it carries on. There's that by, what, round five? Um, I do have a – I was thinking a bit of a play outside of that one because – Obviously, the argument between Hines and Cleary, the value. Um, Hines has got the easy start. He is a bit more expensive, but, you know, he's, he's got a good draw and he's going to be putting those points out compared to the argument of Cleary injured or PCL injury. You know, he'll probably be fine come beginning. And then, you know, the World Cup game, that Club Cup game and going to Vegas, there's a lot of trouble. So it just makes sense. You know, it makes sense to go with Hines. Um, as a safer play. And then, obviously, consistency with Cleary is the other argument. So, um, Volkman, I, I was pretty hot on Volkman, actually, when he got that move. And then the more I think about it, it would be hard for me to see Flanagan not getting the 5-8 role. Um, Hunt's yeah. going to play. I mean, like, as if as if you'd think, you'd be like, Dad, give me the spot. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, I suppose they've, they've signed him for a reason, but... Yeah. It just makes sense to see just – I would imagine Flanagan gets the start. So it's one of those sort of tricky the, – the value is there definitely if he gets the start, you know what I mean, because he's, he's cheap as. Um, yeah. And it made so much team building to having that cheap 
cheap half that you would have the spot for. So, you know, if you had to, um, I'm not sure what your next page looks like. If you if you had a 5-8 that you could put into half and then put Flanagan there, if you needed that cheapie again for that spot, because there's not much hanging around the 300. So um, if he gets the start and he gets that play at 238, I think he is, yeah, incredible. But halves are one of those positions too that you do want a bit of value in. So it might be early on it, but I don't mind it, man. I think that looks pretty, pretty good. I've got a pass for me first um, slide here, guys. I'm, I'm wrapped about that, so I might wrap the video up here. <laughs> no. <laughs> here we go. Here's my here's my second um, side of things. So the back line, uh, the five eighth. I have my other. I think is absolute a uh, must uh, start and hopefully to finish. Dylan Brown, uh, 780k. So he's on the the upside uh, or the high side of things. But I just think for him, I think he's a clear cut uh, five eighth to, to own. Uh, my other uh, player is Aiden Caesar. So that dual, once again, halfback uh, role. So that might come in handy, especially as I work out what to do. I, I'm not sold on Volkman. He's one of those players I'm not sold on. And I could easily just switch up Caesar up to the top. And if I I don't have Weeks name yet, I know a lot of people do. And that could be someone I do bring straight back in. Or I just see what happens as we get closer. As I said, there is a few players here I'm not 100% sure and locked on. So there'll be still a number of changes, no doubt. Uh, my back line, I tried to go a bit of a mixture here with some players who I think will make some money and build up. I've sort of listened to you a little bit there, Jesse, where you've said it's good, especially early on, to try and get those players and really build up the kitty as we go. And I also don't want to get left behind points wise. So I've, left, uh, I've got a couple of players who, yep, I have to pay a bit higher for, but I feel like they might be scoring quite well early on, especially with the draws for their respective teams. So I've got Val Holmes, who helped, did did some good things for me last year. So I have a bit of a soft spot for him. And I just really like the Cowboys draw, especially early on. I think he should be able to get some really good points there. Um, uh, the hammer, uh, W.I. Fido, I've got him in here at the moment. I know a lot of people are probably going to Sarko and thinking that's the Dolphins option. But I, I, I don't think a lot of people have forgotten just how good hammer did start last year. And I think the only reason his price is a bit lower at the moment, because I go back and I think ben, uh, Wayne Bennett was sort of, playing around with his positioning towards the end of last season and played him at centre a few times. And I think he was playing a little bit injured as well. So I think his points went down a little bit. So I'm hoping we see the hammer uh, that we saw at the start of last year. And with the back line that the Dolphins have uh, for this season, I think there'll be a lot of points in terms of assists as well and things like that. So, And look at him just sniffing around the ruck and the like, a lot of line breaks. So I'm going, I'm going all in with the hammer there at 600K. Taylor May, I think, is perfect um, coming in and hopefully getting that centre role at Penrith. If he gets that centre role at Penrith, I think he's a must. I think he's one of the first picks in the back line if you're, you're making your super coach team at 450k. I think the only way is up for him, and he could easily get up to about that, who knows, 650, even 700 sort of k. And then you either decide if you stay with him all season or you cash out and go someone else. Um, I should have flicked this around and have Savage to start, but I've got Strange. Um, two Canberra Raiders. Uh, I said last week I was nervous having too many of these cheap Canberra Raiders, so I've narrowed it down to two. These are the two I'm going for early on. As I said, it could easily become weeks, um, depending on what happens with its round one team selections. Jed Cartwright's my one of my other cheapy bench players for the Knights. I, I said last week there was uh, a little bit of news floating around that I, I was looking at thinking he might get that early edge spot just to start with while players... Um, even if he doesn't, I think at 238, and if he starts off the bench, he still could be able to get a little bit of points there, but I'll see what happens. And then 
Um, Iro from the Cronulla Sharks as well with that um, duel for the fullback. I'm not. I don't know. I, I, the more I think about it, Fitzy didn't give him a chance last year when he easily could have when Talakai was struggling. So I'm not too sure what he's going to do there. I have fingers crossed that he does because for a super coach perspective, it will be absolute gold to have one of these pretty much bottom dollar players um, starting the year and hopefully getting a, an extended run. My fullbacks, um, never thought I'd go for this. I was adamant early, early on. I was not going to go uh, pretty much one of these options. So Ponga is my starting fullback. I've decided to just jump on board after looking a bit more at the Knights draw, and I actually don't mind the, the, their run. And I think with all the selections, everyone is so not highly priced, but they're all in that sort of price bracket where only, for, as you said last week, for like an extra 50 or so odd K, you can get up to Ponga. I'd rather those sorts of points just for that 50K. And as I said, I've still got 200K in the bank, so I do have some players there. Jaden Campbell's my bench um, fullback, and I'm not sure. I, I want to believe. I really, really want to believe Jaden Campbell and the Titans this year have been stung in the past with Titans and, and believing the hype that I sort of believe I put to myself really and blame my own head that think, oh, their back line looks really good this year. Or their forwards have got for feed a Tino and this seems to never come together. But at the moment, for 456K, if he gets that starting spot, I'll really like his attacking stats and hopefully he can get some points. But one of those players I'm not sure on. So Jesse, fire away. Um, yeah, we'll just start at the top there with um, Dylan Brown. That's a, it's a great pick. You know what I mean? But you're buying Dylan Brown at his price. You know what I mean? He will go up in price, I reckon. He'll probably average um, probably average a bit more if he can keep that consistent run going. But you don't want to get left behind with the points either. You know what I mean? And there's such a small pull with the five eights. And you look at the fixtures too with like Munster. The inconsistencies with Kobe Walker, I probably wouldn't go there anyway. So none, no one else is a really good option. Um, Eels have a really good run stretch anyway before, you know, the buyers and their, their fixtures look pretty good for a while. So... It's one of those set and forgets for a long time with that. And you're, you're very confident in it too. Um, so I think that's a great pick. And then, yeah, Caesar as well. He's he's going to be he's gonna be hitting well above his price point, I think, to begin with. Or if not well above, at least he'll be matching it and slightly going up. He can't go down much more, not, not considering how much of a role he's going to have. So, um, yeah, if you move him up to half, you know, you can move Campbell up to 5'8", if he's going to be... Um, if he's going to get that spot too. And then obviously you've got dual fullbacks as well. So there's so much you can move around with, man. You just got to find what's going to be the most profitable at that price, whether it's a 5'8 or a center or a fullback. Um, you've got 200K in the bank. That's insane. <laughs> that's that's yeah. honestly, the team actually, if you told me a 200K in the bank and that team, I'd be like, where have you saved 200? Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So. Um, it's pretty good, man, honestly. Like, Val Holmes is a premium pick. He's one of those lock-ins as well. And the, the Cowboys run looks great. Um, another one of those plays, too. Obviously, Origin's miles away, and you've got everything else. But I think for the now, yeah, there's not many better than him at that price for the top dogs at the centres. And the Hammer as well. I, I see the argument for the Hammer. Um, I feel like he is priced at what he will score. Um, he did have those runs where he was scoring a try every week, and he's not going to do that every week. Um, but you're going to get him for his price and he's, he's going to average around that, probably that 60 mark as well. You know, you hope to, which is pretty good. And, um, I don't see a lot of generation in cash up potentially down, but I think, you know, the, the points for 600 aren't too bad there. 
Um, and he's a dual too, which can be handy as well. But I, I don't think he's... I don't, I don't really like the look of him at fullback. You know what I mean? I think his value holds a lot at the centres. Um, but 600K, you've got a lot of other options too. Um, you've got a personal favourite of mine in Karaz. He's a 600. And then you've got Alex Johnston as well. Both of them have really good upside. Um, they might not have the floor that Hammersode has, so we'll just have to see there. But it's a good pick. I, I had him in my teams as well. So um, Taylor May is a is a must, I reckon. There's no, I don't think there's any contention with him at the centre spot. I think he gets it uh, pretty comfortably. I think he just walks straight into that. And it, um, to get into that Panthers backline for 450k is just it's incredible. So yeah, he'll be in everyone's team. I think I don't think there's any reason not to, unless you don't want to have too many Panthers players and you've already got eyes on Toto or um, Isaac Tungo or something at that top top dollar, and you don't want to get a pair of them because you know if it's going one side or the other, you don't want to miss out on the other one. So that could be the only reason I see anyone not having him, but it's still not a very good reason, I think. So. Um, I'd imagine with this team, you'd be playing Savage in your starting lineup. Yeah, definitely. You reckon he gets the spot? That's what I'm, no- like, I'm not sure. And if honest, to be honest with you, I hope it's Chevy Stewart because if it is, we save 100K super coach wise. Um, yeah. And uh, there's even more upside than potentially. So, in a way, I kind of don't in a selfish super coach uh, reasoning. But if he does, I am pretty happy. The only thing I'm worried about, and I said it last week with the Raiders, is I just, we all, we all pre- basically predicting that they're not going to have a great season. So the thing that I'm banking on with these guys is to get in some attacking stats. I don't know if that's going to happen because mm. I think they've got pretty average halves, um, if I'm being honest. Uh, their forwards are probably their strong point, but you're not really going to get uh, attacking stats as a back off your forwards, uh, really. So uh, especially in a super coach sort of way. But, yeah, I'm... I am nervous. I, I, as I said, I, I don't know, really know. If there's any sort of lots of positions that I could easily see myself changing drastically, a lot of it, the, the players I've selected already, it'd probably be this wing and centre spot. Mm. I can see myself staying with maybe two out of the seven. I wouldn't be surprised if we're going back to this before round one and I've completely changed five of them. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm just – the camera Raiders, just, I don't know. Yeah. This, this spot's changed about 400 times for me. Um, with the teams that I've made up. And I, I can't seem to nail down a seven that I'd like. I could probably actually probably nail two down, I think, that I'd, I'd probably want to start with. But even still, as far as it goes, May's the only one that's kind of a lock-in. But, yeah, the, the Raiders thing's a bit tricky because you've got so many players that are fighting for so few spots. And I, I would say Savage gets the start, but I wouldn't be surprised if Stewart does. Um, Ricky's a bit funny with these sort of things. So... Um, Ethan Strange as well, you know, like Chris is going to be suspended. It makes sense for, for Savage to be there. And, but I'm seeing a bit around, um, the, the sort of push to have Chris at fullback and get Strange to stay in the centers if Kaya Weeks is going to go there. So it might potentially push, um, Savage out to the wing. Yeah. But well, I, I thought that would be the actual case because... I know I've listened to a fair few podcasts and things like that, and I've read a few things the last couple of weeks, and a few people are suggesting strangers in the mix for that 5-8th role, but I always assumed he would be going straight into the centre role, basically from last year. This is the plan for, for this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty much set on him being a centre and just basically being that week-in, week-out centre for the Raiders. That's why I've actually got him in the team. I, I haven't named him in the hope that he'll get a 5-8 spot because – I actually yeah. don't think he'll he'll get anywhere near that five eight spot. So, I don't think so either. I think Weeks is probably going to have that five eight spot. 
I, know, I don't think there's going to be too much around him. He's probably out of the four cheapies that you'd have between Stewart, Strange, Savage, and Weeks. I think Weeks is probably the most likely to start every week for the you know foreseeable future. I, I think the other three are in, all in contention, but you've got a few others still. You know, like Nick Kotrick is on his day very, very rarely any good, and he doesn't seem to ever drop out. So if anyone was going to, I'd say he would. Um, which could put Savage there, Strange in the centres with Tomoko, and then you've got Hoppawati too. Like, where does he play? So there's just so many. Um, and I think it's just closer to the day, really. This is going to be one of those positions that when you find the the little duo or trio that get the run, it might be worth just getting them because there are so few cashies in that spot. So it's um, it'd be worth it for a short punt anyway. But, yeah, it's, it's just hard. You're guessing. You're really guessing every yeah. single time team and they're at a good price so you can build around them um strange there's so many players options at 238 with him like you got jed cartwright um who probably gets in you got Mpapalangi as well I, I imagine jenkins starts on the wing with that side of things so there's so many swaps that you can have which is which is good at least but i just don't think any bring up their their draw quickly to see their their first few games and if there is a chance, we can easily just make some quick cash from him, maybe, and get rid of him. Because, as I said, I'm just not, I'm not sure They've about a, these Raiders. It that's scaring me. So they start off with the Knights, um, and they've got the Tigers, the Warriors, and Cronulla. Um, the Tigers being their only home game in that first four, and then you've got Para, Titans, Broncos, and it keeps going onwards and onwards. So their buy doesn't come up for a while. Um, what is that? Round ten or eleven. So there's a long stretch there where they could get some, you know, consistent runs of runs of points to get that thing. And by the time, you know, that buy comes around, there'll be no cashies left anyway. So yeah. if that's the case, you know, it'd be good to get onto a couple of them just for that, just for that, having just to flip them when you can. Um, but the fixture starts off pretty okay. You know, I don't think they're going to have too many easy games regardless because I just think they're going to struggle for the whole year. Um yeah, but I guess in round two, it'll be their first game of the year as well. So, um, you know, I'd imagine that the Knights absolutely blood the Raiders and then hopefully they come back a little bit, you know, for themselves. So it'll probably be what happens. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll get an idea of who, who plays in the first game. They're probably who plays in the second game if you wanted any of them, but I wouldn't be trading in for them. So um, you just got to start with the right couple, I think. So that's that. And then, yeah, you know, all those other three on the bench, it's kind of one of those things where you just have to wait and see. Um, everyone's talking about Euro, people are talking about Cartwright. You've got options to swap back and forth, but you personally have 200k in the bank, so you can really go up a fair bit. Um, and then Ponga. Yeah, I saw you come around to Ponga. It makes the most sense. Um, it, it does. It does. It really does. Like, he's just, he was the best last year in that spot um, towards the back half anyway, and... Well, you do, the thing is with it, when, when we actually sit down and actually think thoroughly through it and put our actual super catch, super coach hats on, it's like there is players a little bit cheaper than him, but I don't think it's cheap enough to go and to warrant the risk. Like, yeah, okay, I'm going to save myself 100K or something, but I also could risk missing out on 50 to 100 points. Like, it, it's yeah. too big for mine. I, I think too many of these other players who are under him – and in that top probably three to seven bracket that people could be looking at, I just think it's just there's too much unknown there that the draws as well, they've got a lot of hard draws for a lot of these good teams where you can probably just see what they're doing 
first up and then maybe move to them mid-season, the like. So I just think, yeah, the more I think about it, Ponga just makes sense. And, yeah, somehow, somehow I've, I've managed to get him in and have 200K in the bank. So thanks, Supercoach. Yep. And you know what, guys? You may as well just end your Supercoach teams now because you, I'm getting the title. I, I'm hungry this year. I, I'm playing Jesse and um, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. That's good. Yeah, you make the, the point, man. Like, he's not that far ahead of everyone else to not get him. You know what I mean? Like, you've got 40K to drink water, who's a great option. Um, and then, you know, a little bit further down, Tommy Turbo. I, I've had him in probably 80% of the time in that fullback spot. So he, he probably, at the end of the day, he might be my guy, to be honest. I don't know. I'm still I'm still on that Ponga train, I think, for the price. You know, you just get him in. Um, you go down 100K to Latrell. That's what saving 100K gets you. So he's one of those players, too, that I think is probably, you know, at least 10 points maybe underpriced if he gets going again and firing, which puts him right back up to with those guys again. So for that 100K, I think you just sort of knock, lock in Ponga and just know what you get out of him. As long as he keeps going like he ended, man, you're laughing, absolutely laughing. Yeah. So I think he'll probably be the most owned fullback as well. Um when the teams come around, you know, and you can see percentages of everything, I think he'll probably be in everyone's team. Or if not, he'll be in 30% plus sort of numbers. So, um, and then, yeah, Jaden Campbell, he's a player that I've, I've had a lot as well, just trying to work out how to get him into a team if he's going to be in there. Um, you would think he gets the fullback, but then you would think Brimson also gets the fullback. So who plays 5-8? Probably, you know, Maybe Brimson would. I don't know. It's one of those ones. If he gets the spot, man, he's great value, I think. Really good value. Before we um, go before sorry. we go on to your one, I'll just quickly mention, well, there is one thing I'm really nervous about for my side, um, and it's the fact that I know last year we all pretty much had it, but the fact that in my fullback 5'8 and my halfback spot, I don't have a double pairing of pretty much guns, which is something I always like to do. So I am... I'm really nervous about that. I really want to make that sort of work. And that's what I was saying when I first started my team that, yes, I do have 200K in the bank, but I'm just finding that going up for a lot of these players, I can't get to the players I actually really want. It's it's like 100K too out of reach and the like. So yeah. I'm yeah. just, I'm yeah, I'm in the military still trying to make things work. As you said, we've still got plenty of time, which is great. Um, but yeah, this is this is my team and I, and I hope, um of my first my first team basically and we will see over the next couple of months we will do this post and then i'll do a post as round one basically starts and we'll just see how much it's changed for both of us uh let's get on to yours before you say too much more because you probably have some of these players i don't want you to use up all your material on my team um let's get over to the 2024 super coach runner-up jesse (laughs) i love it um yeah, I've got the same hooker pairing too. And we'll get to that point too. Like, I, I, I'm not very confident with this being the team that I go with, obviously. We're still a ways off. And you make the point about too that bench depth. This team doesn't really have a great deal of bench depth. And then you've still got four chips to put on as well for your bench to make those points. And I, I just don't have those plays in there. So it's going to change. Um, I sort of just have to buy Do you have any board. money left? No, not really. Um, I think I think you had sixteen. I think you had sixteen k. I've got six. Yeah, it's not enough to do anything with. That's the thing. So I've got to. I've got to cut down some of the value and just put it on the bench. You know, you put 
you make the point like you've got 200k and it's almost near impossible to go from someone who's 300 to 500 and actually be worth it let alone to get four people and up them you know 50k each to get someone who's viable that's that's not happening this year so um it's just gonna have to go thin and then get like a small handful of guns and then try and spread the load but i'm not a big fan of spreading the mid tiers everywhere because you don't really have the top and the bottom which you want you just got everything in this flat line which you don't seem to get a lot of generation money that way so um yeah i've got harson totola as my um my starting front rowers you had um you had flegler so the difference between flegler and totola is probably about 40k um i just think with the the thinness of the forward pack with the rabbits he looks like a good option i don't think he's going to do any worse than what he's priced at I just don't think he's going to do too much better than what he's priced at, but I think he'll just do a job. Um, probably go up a little bit, probably get an increased minute set, but I don't think it'll be massive. But it's not an exciting position to have that second one. Um, I've got Lenyu and Hughes on the bench. Um, Lenyu, again, is that pivot player that will either go to some other 300k forward, depending on what looks like going on, um, or potentially down and just have two cheapies if Hughes looks okay. But I... I'd have to have someone there to replace one of them. It's it's not going to be a position that I think I go down any further on. Um, I've got a I've got a I suppose you could call him a premium because he's quite underpriced, I think, for where he comes in at in the second rows with Cam Murray. And that's really just to have that expensive player to to go down on. Um, if I went down to the likes of uh Curran, who's hang, not hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang go on. on. We've got to keep this PG rated. There's a few people out there that's gotten just a bit excited. You mentioned Cam Murray and going down in the same sentence. So calm down, everyone. Just just oh. chill. It's, it's early in Jan. It's true. Yeah, probably one of the most handsome. Men. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just think he's good good value too. And the same argument with Toller. I just don't see anyone taking minutes off him. Um, and you look at the price, like the scores that he got, in the last few seasons of what he ended up averaging, this is probably his lowest for a while and the rabbits had their issues. So I don't see it being a consistent drop. Just trying to find his um, previous averages. Where is he? And and the other thing I think going, well, as you find that going into Cam Murray's favor into a footy perspective, I think bunnies because they didn't play well last year and they didn't make the eight, There'll be pressure on all their big guns to fire, and that means playing big minutes, especially their forwards. So someone like Cam Murray, where maybe last year he was getting rested and stuff, I think he'll be getting pushed to play 80 minutes week in, week out. Yeah, I think so too. And you look at the last, like, go back to 2019. This is a five-year window for him. He averaged 69, 68, 70, 71, and then 63 last season. So he's proven for the last five years that he'll average 70. Um for, for that alone, I think, you know, even just for the small price drop to where he would be, he'd be over 700k. Um, you're looking at, like, Nakora and Olakowatu and those other guys. So I think his minutes go up. Um, I think his average goes up, definitely. And I think the Rabbits probably have a point to prove. So I like him the most out of that, like, low 600s bracket. Um, the other Eels guys are in there, Madison and Cartwright. But I just don't see the value compared to him. Um, for, the, for the potential upside, anyway, so... I've got him. Um, if things don't look good, I can cash down into a, a current, for example, and bank 200k pretty quickly. So that, that's kind of the only reason I wanted to have that second rower who was a bit more expensive than everyone else because everyone else seems to be such a hit and miss at the moment. But um, I don't think Sean Lane is a problem with anyone and you had to get him as well. And then Bo Fermor is the other guy that I think goes straight in. 
Um, if he goes to the left edge, he's not leaving this team. I think he's going to be he's going to be in there. But I just have to see what Desi does. Um, but he's he's had a good year beforehand before he got injured. I don't expect him to start off too hot, but for the same price, you've got Kikau, um, Siwa Wong as well. So these guys that I can just change over to before before the deadline comes in. Um, so a lot of them are just placeholders at the moment, I think. Just who looks good closer to the day and where have I got the cash allocated to just do that swap with? That's kind of the mentality I've had, but there's too many. Um, <laughs> there is. And then looking at... There's another guy too that I was thinking about. It was Josh Schuster. And I don't really like to think about Josh Schuster as an option, but he's going to be straight on the edge again. And if he gets the 80 minutes like he did when he played edge for that one year, he averaged really well. Um, it was when he went to the 5.8 that he just shit the bed. So I think he could be another one that goes straight in there because, again, I don't see him not being an 80-minute edge. Um, so just going off as well, like I was trying to build a team up of players that aren't going to have too much worry about their position. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this guy will be great, but if he gets the spot, you know what I mean? Like that whole if he gets the spot thing is such a pain in the ass to deal with all the time. And I think with Murray, obviously he's locked. Um, Lane will be locked in. I don't think Fermore doesn't get it. I can't imagine he doesn't get it. Pia Cora is already pretty well locked in at the spot. Um, and then there's just the other two cheapies, Duncan and Fafita on the bench. And, you know, we've made the same point with your team looking at it. I think if Duncan goes up, um, he's at a really good price to just go up and then for feeder bottom dollar, you know what I mean? There's just, I had to go cheap somewhere. So um, he looks the most likely to do something at that bottom, bottom dollar, but it could change over to Gaia. He's the same price. If the um, Panthers bench frees up for him and if not, you know, you can just shuffle things around. So there's a lot to move, but um, at the moment as well, and I was going to the halves, I've got Nico as well. Um, I did play around with putting Cleary in there just to get that extra 90k to see what I can do with but it wasn't it wasn't enough to go okay I can use 90k for the positions um, just for what the run that Pines will have but the thing that I was thinking the most likely option will be is when the um obviously I'm thinking well ahead too and I'm just sort of talking out loud with you but they've got that buy first off you know what I mean like the sharks have the buy first so if I was to start with Cleary, and just spread that little bit extra cash. Run with Cleary up until... Because um, the, the Panthers buy is in round six. It's the round after the Sharks. So it could be one of those things where you run Cleary for a bit. I wouldn't advise ever trading away from Cleary. But depending on how he looks, trade into Hines for the buy. And then run him through for the rest of Origin. Um, because you're kind of killing two birds that way. It just It's just going to be well in advance. So I just have to see how the year pans out. But I thought... It, it might not be a bad play just looking really far ahead because um, you kind of have to sometimes with these big, big dollar guys. And then, yeah, I've got Caesar on the bench, I think. Yeah, we know we know he's probably going to have that good value. So that's the top half. What are your thoughts? Oh, I'm not going to – I can't criticise uh, <laughs> one of the best to do it last year. So um, I love – I just love to listen in and, and know your thoughts and how you go about playing with things and – I think there's like someone like Cam Murray, for instance, to be honest with you, I have not heard really anyone mention having him or starting with him, but hearing your logic of reasons why even makes myself just sit back and go, maybe that's my, the, the way that my 200K goes because it does make a lot of sense. Um, I have I didn't go Lenu, I've gone Baker, but the more I think about it, I might switch it because 
as you said, like the Dolphins have that early buy, so I need to replace that. And having the, the thought of having both Broncos um, as my front rowers, I don't really like. So I personally might change that over to Lenu. Um, the only risk the only risk I'll have for you is Fermor, just because he's coming back from that ACL. I know it was an early one, so he has become basically, he's gotten the full year to, to recover and he's already back, I'm pretty sure, doing pretty much full training, I believe. So he's there ready, ready to go. So it's not too much of a, of a risk, but I, I am looking at him. I'm just going to wait and see for now. I'm going to let him go for about five weeks and let him get back into things. And um, they do have... Palacia uh, that's come over from the Broncos. So I don't know if he might play with um, some edge minutes to start off with and then go into that middle forward while Fermor just gets to, back to, to game fitness. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, that's probably my only only one there that I'd be nervous about. But, and you know, I've definitely got Fermor in my sights as well. So Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I've, I've got that, you know, 16K at the moment, which could become a lot more if I change things around. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys in that price point too. And I've made the same point to myself. I'm like, oh, new coach, you know, different site, like different lineup, different, you know, ways of play. And is he going to get the most out of him, depending on what side he's going to be on? Obviously, he's come back from ACL. No one seems to ever come back really fresh from an ACL traditionally. So, yeah, there's those points there too, but I just think his upside is great if he gets the spot. But again, you know, I can go down to Wong and Schuster or Bloor or Kickout or any of these other guys at the moment without changing a lot. Um, Let's get on. At the moment, obviously, we'll see what happens. Tentative. Let's go to the back line. Really excited to see your back line because I think you've done some some things here. Yeah, a little bit. It's it's a little bit left field, I think. Um when I listened back to the pod that we spoke about last week and I made the point that I don't really like to spend a lot of my, um, cash at the center wing spot and I don't like to, but I found it so hard picking anyone that wasn't 500k or up. It's just, it's a graveyard for everyone. And they're going to be those players that are just not going to, they might average 40, which means that average of 40 is like a 10 and a 70 here and there. So it's just so hot and cold. Um, so I have I have splashed a little bit, but I don't think it'll be that way come round one. So we'll have to just see. It was more so just where can I divvy the cash out to cash away with. But I've got Dylan Brown as well at 5'8". Um, yeah, you can't sing his praises enough. If it's not Dylan Brown, it'll be Tommy Dearden, and I'll be banking a lot of cash. To sp- that's, that's my thoughts for the next part of it. Um, I have these players in mind... If it's not this guy, it's this guy. And that other guy is a lot cheaper in those positions. So there's a lot of a lot of money spread around. But yeah, it'll be either be Dylan Brown or Tom Dearden, depending on what I go with. Um, and then I've got Kai Weeks in there, just because I think he's probably the most nailed out of all the cheapies from the Raiders. Um, and that's that's the only reason. I, I don't think he has much upside. But last year I had Isaiah Katoa as that second 5'8 spot. And I had him all season. And he had no upside either. So I, I have I was fine to live with it. You know, you just you're not gonna play him, you're not even gonna put a chip on him. But if he does do well, um, and he goes up in price, then I'll trade him out for someone. Um but if he doesn't, then he's that cheap five eight spot that I'll just die with. So that's where I think I might go for now. Um it depends. It depends on what the other teams look like at the moment. But yeah. Um I'll get to the centers. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of money in there. I got two six hundred k's. I got Karaz and Johnston, and these guys. I I think they're both. I think 
Johnston is obviously nailed and he's pretty well good for 20 plus tries a season. So he's not slowing down. Um, he's going to keep doing that too. And his upside is so high. I had him last year for a long time and he only rewarded me. I captained him on rare occasions and he scored massive games. So he never really did me wrong at all last year. And I'm going to run with that a little bit, I think for it. So I like him as a pick. I also like Tyron Munro as a pick out of the two. And I, I'm, I'm going to have one of them, I think, when it comes down to it. Um, obviously, Munro is 100K less. I don't know if he gets the spot immediately. And this is a, like, I'm not spending 480K to have a bench. Um, a bench. Not, not, not yet. <laughs> not starting, you know what I mean? It's, I'm not there yet with it. So if he doesn't look like he's getting in over um, Tass or Thompson or any of these other guys, it'll probably be Johnston. Um, and I've got Karaz. I love Karaz's effort. You know, he's a he's an effort player. He's good on a watch. He, I like watching the games and I like to just see him run and he just eats the meters up. Um, his base stats are incredible. I don't, like, even still last year, they they weren't a very good attacking side at all and he still managed to pump out massive numbers. So he gets tackle busts left, right, you know, he gets his line breaks, he streaks down the line, he gets 200 meters. Like, he's, he's such a fun player to have and I think at 600, there's not too much else there. Like, you got the hammer too. He was the other one that I was thinking it all had to be Karaz or the Hammer. Um, but I just like Karaz more personally, I think. But it could easily change. Um, you've got Val Holmes for your premium Cowboys asset. I have Tolagi as my mid Cowboys asset. Um, I think he'll probably have, he'll have a better year than last year. I think the Cowboys will have a better start than last year. It can't be worse. Um, and he's probably the most nailed outside of the other guys on the wings. So, because I don't know what Cop Felt's doing. You know, you've got you've got that other fellow that's just coming as well. So, there's a lot to there's a lot to look at with that Cowboys team because there is pretty good value there. Um, but I just think for the winger, Tulagi is probably the one that'll just either go up and then for around the price too, like five twenty eight. Um, who was else? Uh, for another, you know, less than 10K, you got two of us a check if that really looks like it's going to happen. So I'm still a little bit off going for, for RTS, I think. So if if it does change, if my mind's, you know, if I go the other direction, I'll probably just do that move because it, it's the closest or go down from one of the top guys. But And then, yeah, Taylor May's in there too, obviously. I'm not going to not have him. So getting in that Panthers back line. And then, yeah, I've got Strange and Iroh like yourself. Um, we can make the point about them forever. And then I've got M. Papalangi too. And that's that's really just to have uh, someone cheap again. I, I see there's a chance that he gets in there, but I don't see him taking it off Jenkins, who's just gone there. So, Or you've got an Ari Tawala too. So he's probably third point down. So that's more than likely going to change. But I could go to Jed Cartwright if he looks like getting a spot. Um, yeah. Or, you know, I might even go to Chevy Stewart from that position. If he gets the if he gets that fullback spot too, so there's a lot to change with this team still to come. Like I'm not not anywhere near locked in. Um, I've gone with Ponga as well at fullback for that point. I have I have been thinking about other players just potentially too because like it's very early to look at the pod side of things, but I do think Ponga is going to be the most owned um, at that highest price point too. But then obviously there's not too many others that I want to get on. Gutherson has a good run. For 90k, I would just get Ponga. That's the thing. Like you're always weighing that up to get against him. You know, like how much is how much is too cheap to get onto someone? And he would have to be in someone. Would have to be in like Pap territory in price, like in the mid 600s, 
with that sort of upside to get into the team over him. And I think the only one that is there is actually Papnauzen himself. Um, so he's he's the one that I'm watching the most to to do something there with. So you know, if if it looks like Pap's going to be the one, then I'm going to be changing changing things around again. But I do have a lot of money held in my centers at the moment in those four. Yes. Um, and they are entirely there as a cash down option. I think if they're, they're if I'm going to start with premium price centers, it's going to be those ones. I don't think I will when it comes to it closer to the day. I think one or two might have drop off and. I'll go somewhere cheaper, like Bronson Cherry as well. Karaz could go to Bronson Cherry if he gets the spot. Because I, I like Karaz either at centre or wing, to be honest. And I think he did quite well in the centres. I just don't think he gets a centre spot anymore with um, yeah. with Tracy and all those other guys that look like they'd probably be an option for it. So um, he could be a way down. The Bulldogs start isn't nice either. It's it's not one of those you know informed decisions that I've made where I'm like, he has all of this going for him. It looks like he's going to be great. He's got a lot going against him. Um, I just really like the guy. So that's why he's in the team. <laughs> man Crusher 2024. He's the Man Crusher 2022. So that's easy. <laughs> I like your team. I, uh, I, I, yeah. I like this back line. It's, um, I'm nervous. Like, the, the thing about the, the spending that bit more money, I think a lot of more people will do that this year because of the, what we've seen last year in terms of the ceiling that some of these wing wingers and centers are able to get to now. And some of the scores, like who, who would have believed a few years ago, we'd be putting captains on, on our wings and centers. And it was happening more often than not last year because of just that ceiling. If you saw, as you said, like a Johnston playing a, a bottom four team, you'd go, yep, done automatic. See, see you later. Um, in saying that he's probably the player I'm probably most nervous about for you. I've just had a look at the South Sydney draw and I'll just read out the teams that they've got up until about round 12 or something. And it is very, very scary. They got Manly, Broncos, Roosters, the Dogs, Warriors, Sharks. There's a buy in there as well somewhere. Melbourne, Penrith, the Dragons. Then depending on how they are, they got the Cowboys and the and the Eels as well, who are looking to try and turn their seasons around. So, And then you're in, in around origin territory. So I'm a little bit nervous. As I said last last um, episode about South, I'm still nervous about South Sydney, how they're going to perform. We have we do know last year there was issues with the coach and how the players um, were, were perceiving him and the like and in-house sort of fighting. So I'm still a bit nervous. And the thing with Johnston, as you said, you are banking on the tries. So he is a try-scoring whiz. He will find his way over the line. If there is, for some reason, if Cody Walker and Latrell aren't firing, they're not not in the mood or whatever, then obviously Johnston's points do dry up quite quickly. So that's the only player I'm I'm, I'm nervous for with you because the rest I actually really like. Like Talaghi, I really think he's got some upside because last year was predicted to have quite a good year. He sort of, I don't know, he sort of just had a bit of a meh year. Like I know he played Origin and stuff still. He was a representative player, but... He still just for mine had that little bit of a meh year and especially super coach wise. I think it started last year and was saying, Oh, this is a guy to pick up. And a lot of people chose him over Val Holmes, similar to what you've done here. And it backfired quite a bit because he just never reached it. So, um, but I do think the Cowboys just have to get better than last year. They get their roster. When you look, I continue to look at their roster. And it it is a very good, good roster. So it just, it has to work for them. Yeah, and it's it's so good too, and that's the only reason I've actually got to log in is just to capitalize on the roster, man. Um, 
and the draw, the opening draw for him is is quite tasty as well. Yeah, like they've just got a good run, and I didn't want to not have one of them. I thought the tries are going to come in those games in the starting games, so it's going to be somebody. Um, and he's the probably the best one I could afford with the money that I had at the time to put him in. But even still, like he was pretty early in that in that selection. I thought, you know, if I'm going to bank on someone in the 500s, it's probably him. Um, yeah. Go back to your point with Johnston. I had him for a long time last year, so I expected him to to sort of hurt me in those big games too. But I'll run through some of the scores that he had last year against big teams. And you'll be like, oh, shit, that guy's actually pretty good. So he did a... Egg on my face. Yeah, a little bit. So he played the Sharks in the first game. Um, he scored 40 points. So it's like, eh, it's just nothing special. Then he got a 62 against the Panthers, which I'd be happy with, um, which was the second game. And then he played the Roosters, got 59. So not bad. Um, Manly, 37. He played Melbourne, scored 44. So these are... These are teams where he could easily get like a 10, you know what I mean? Like absolutely do nothing, get not involved. So they weren't too bad. Come down a little bit further. Um, they played the Dolphins 56, you expect that. Played Penrith again, scored 90. Wow. Yeah, so I was like, okay, fair enough. He didn't back it up too well against the Broncos, but then he played Melbourne two rounds later, scored 76. Yep. So take those like, scores, take that. Yeah, you'll take those ones. Um, scored 83 against the Eels a couple of weeks later. Scored 70 against the Raiders the week after. 107 against the Titans. Um, the Warriors a couple of rounds later scored 66. Scored 82 against the Broncos the week after. Scored 122 a week after that against the Tigers. So he's just got so much upside and he does it against the big teams, which is why I'm not at all worried about him, to be honest with you. Um, he That's t- why you are the best. Oh, I was I was I was close to it last year. I wasn't sorry, close, sorry. But... It probably hurt you actually. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. It doesn't hurt too bad, I suppose. It was a good score. Like, I had a good run. So, I'll see if I can do it again. But it was a lot of this, you know. What I mean, like I did look a little bit at the years previous and playing a lot of draft. I suppose you have to work around the, the like pods. You're entirely picking teams off pods when you're playing those draft things too, because the depth is quite thin. And when you find someone like that, like Karaz was one of those players I drafted years ago when he broke out. And I fell in love with him because he was just effort. You know what I mean? And you want to get those points and you want someone who's going to make those points, not just be lazy when you watch them. Like, it's so painful to watch Latrell sometimes. But then he comes out and explodes and you go, okay, that's the reward for it, but it's hard to watch. Um, Kras is great to watch. Um, Twilag is good to watch. Johnston is great to watch. So I've gone for players that actually have a bit of excitement to them as opposed to just scorers. But um, He's a good one. He doesn't start off as good as he ends the year as uh, with Johnston. I think when it comes closer to the like the back half, it's one of those things where he's like, oh, it's he's very close to the top try scorer of the year sort of thing, and he's trying to push for those late tries. So usually from like round 17 onwards, you see him doing hat-tricks. But before that, you might get one a game yes. kind of thing. So he's the, very- the good thing for him this year is he's closing in on the all-time try scoring record. So I have no doubt... The respect he has in that playing group. We've seen in the past when he's approaching top try scorer for the season. They like to go his side more and more. Yeah, I think that's the case too. Oh, yeah. I think you know, it's going to favour him, his side more often than not because obviously you've got Walker there, you've got um, Latrell who likes to run down the left. So he's going to just naturally gravitate to getting those more tries. Um, I, I say Monroe probably picks up some more of that when they start to go the other way if he gets the spot there because he's better than everyone else in that team on the other side. So. And he's playing outside Graham too, which is good, but just gotta just gotta see what happens on the right hand. But for the for the six hundreds, man, I really like him at that price. I mentioned it last week too. I know not a lot of people are probably gonna get on him. 
same as Karaz, um, probably same as Tulagi as well. So on that side of things, like I do want to start a little bit different. You see a lot of the same team rolling around at the moment, and it's because they're they're great and their price points. Just got to find a way around. But yeah, I still think there's a lot and a lot to change. But we'll there see. is that, that's that's team reveal one of about forty. So. Um, I promise you we won't be doing an episode for each team change we do because there will be a ton. So, yeah. um, But as I said, as a bit of fun, we will have a, a post from this team that we have revealed and I'll fast forward all the way to round one lockout and see just how much changes we have made. I think it'd be pretty cool to see. But uh, no before problem. we go, uh, a few questions have come in. Um, just going to go through them. First one isn't super coach related, so I won't be ask, asking that one. Um is Nico and Cleary combination to start possible? So yes. I guess they probably mean, it can is. you make a, a side strong enough to have with both of them in there? You can, definitely. I've done it. Um, it doesn't look too bad either. It does cut down a lot of the value outside of it. And it's it's one of those things too where like you're not adding a, a bench half, you know what I mean? Like you're not getting your starting lineup and then a good bench player. You're getting your starting lineup, one of those starters is going to sacrifice somewhere and you're going to have that player in one of those two, which is really nice to have because they're the best two by a mile. But, like, you can do it quite easily with going from... Um, who would you go from? It would have to be Ponga down. I can't see you having an 890k fullback. Um, you probably have to cut down somewhere with Haas as well, I'd imagine, just to cull a little bit down. Maybe go to, like, a Tarpany or... A Debellin, for example, because, you know, the Dragons have no forwards. And I think he probably has like a 70-plus minute role in his position. He's another one that I looked at as well, just based off, you know, what's likely to happen. Oh, wow. You can go down in a couple and they're a little bit – they're a little bit of a drop and it's kind of sideways in a way. But is it worth it? You know what I mean? For the, for the grand scheme, of, like for the overall side of things, like, okay, you get Cleary's points and you get Heinz's points, which is just – it's nuts. And at some point, you're going to want that. Um, but at the same time, like, is it worth losing? Well, it, I suppose it really depends on who would be your half otherwise, if not Cleary, you know what I mean? Because I'm just thinking about, you know, if you've got money to talk about having those two, you might have a half-decent half already, you know what I mean? Like, you might even have Moses, who's not far off the mark, and I think he's probably going to be a good Moses one. or a Johnson or something, so... Yeah, exactly, like, and you can look at it too, even when you have Dylan Brown in your team, for example, like you look at Brown and Moses together, you know, you can put them hand in hand because they've got the same run, they're in the same team, they play next to each other. Moses kicks though, you know what I mean? So he might have a little bit more upside where Brown runs the ball a bit better and he's more likely to score a try and all that sort of thing. So their output might be quite similar, except Brown is 90k dearer, you know what I mean? So in a way, you can probably go Brown to Dearden for that value at 5 eight because I, I just don't like anyone else there. I know I've said Dearden a thousand times and people are probably thinking, why is this guy in love with Dearden? But I don't like <laughs> I don't like Burton. I think he's too hot and cold for a very, very close price. Luai is it's his last season at Penrith, whether you want to get onto that or not, you might be okay. And then you just go down and there's nothing, nothing nice. No thanks. Adam Dewey would be great if he was actually fit at five eleven. It's not far off what he started last year, but again, he's got he's had three ACLs now, so I don't think he's gonna be there. There's just there's no one that stands out besides Dearden at that spot. Maybe Ezra Mann, um, but then the Bulldogs run doesn't look very nice compared to what the Cowboys run looks like at the beginning. Broncos. 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 Sorry, did I, yeah. What did I say? <laughs> you said Bulldogs. There's no there's no <laughs> signing news, guys. No, don't don't hold us to that one. So Ezra Mann yeah, has not no, signed. I thought I said uh, 
sorry. Um, yeah, so there's that one too. So it just depends, you know, if you think he's fixture-proof, but he, I don't think he is at all. So that's the thing too. Like you go down there, you might be able to go up a bit higher in your halves and get that one too. But again, like you are sacrificing a lot of team points just to get him. Yeah. You might it, you might be flat. There might be a break-even. It might be a 10, 20-point drop overall. But yeah, it looks good on paper. So Next one for us is... How much should you worry about early buyers? So I'm guessing let's throw early buyers into the one to probably five bracket, I think might be a good way to look at it. And should you take it into consideration too much? Like should you not pick a, say a Flegler because he has that, that early buy? Um, I don't think so. I think like Flegler is a good example actually, because I, what's their buy round two, isn't it? The Dolphins. Yes. It's a very early buy, but it gets it out of the way it's- with you know what I mean? Which is kind of nice. And it gets it out of the way with before price changes happen. Um, I wouldn't bank on any Tigers because of that. And that's the reason you didn't see Papa Lee in my team this time. Um, oh, yeah. You was, were so set on him as well. I was. Yeah. I'm still not opposed to it, but I just think for 580 yeah. for a round one buy, it just sucks, man. It hurts so bad. It's so much money. Obviously, the season goes on for another 26 rounds, so it's not a problem. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't bank on a round one buy. Luckily, there's the Tigers, and you don't really want any of them. So, um, yes and no. It just depends on what position that player is the buy player. You know what I mean? Like, with your Flegler play, like, who are you going to put in there? At the moment, you've got you've got 200K. You just fix it. But that's yourself. It's a different situation overall. If I had Flegler in my team, I'd be putting Lenu in to cover him, and I wouldn't be confident in that sort of thing. And go down a bit more like with with that sort of thing in around two buy with them. Obviously you look at the other teams too and you make the same comparison with whoever the team that has the buy, but I'll just use the Dolphins as an example. Um Azarko is probably going to be heavily owned at 780k or what his price comes in at. You're not going to have someone to cover him. Not not even close to what his price is worth. So you just got to know when you start with him, you're going to lose the next possible weeks massive amount of points because you're not going to have good cover there. Um the hammer, you're going to lose him. Uh, you're going to lose anyone that's on Herbie Farnworth. I definitely want to be. So he's one that I've looked at and I thought, oh, the buy, I don't have the center coverage. So what a sexy man. Oh, Jeez. Oh. I want to see Murray, Herbie and Far Logo just tee it off. Oh. Could you imagine? Oh, oh. It's all, we're talking rugby league porn here. This is fantastic. Oh, I'm, oh. Calm down, viewers. We've just kept you guys excited. If you, you, know, you stayed I'm, with us, which you obviously have. Yeah, we are called League of Inches, so it makes sense. <laughs> that was always a little trick to that name. So uh, the other little point I would like to make with this um, question with the buyers is you sort of have hinted towards it, but if you do go for these players, just make sure you do have someone on the bench that can cover it. So you just want to make sure, as I said, like with, with my example for Flegler, I'm definitely going to be changing and, and probably putting Lenu in just because I feel like that will get me a little bit more points. It's one of the big reasons I'm very nervous about having Volkman in my halfback role because I know Hines will have that early buy, so I need someone in there. And I think Caesar will at least get me hopefully that 50 or 60 just because he's going to be goal-kicking and things like that as well. Um, so hopefully it works there. But anyway, that's my little two cents. The so last question, um, can we verse you two guns this year? So you know what you can do? Uh, we're we're going to have a, a League of Inches comp. Uh, many different ways. We're probably going to do an overall, a head-to-head one as well. They're always a little bit of fun. We're also going to be doing 
um, a draft one, which we're still trying to work out the way to go. We've got so many people already um, on to us about that. Mates and that, the like. So we just got to fill it. We want to do probably a 10-man draft so it does work out to be quite fun and be able to have some of those good players mixed around as well. So there's definitely going to be ways to versus. And a good thing I'm going to do this year is I'm, each week I'm going to put a post up of just how myself and Jesse are going. It will do a little head-to-head battle to make it fun. So um, you can always compare your scores against us that way as well. But make sure uh, once it all opens up officially, I will have the comps up, the comp names and stuff. It'll be a first-in, first-third basis. So do I have put um, questions out there in the past and people have already gotten hold of myself. And if you haven't already and you are interested, DMs are always open. Just send me a message and just say you are interested in whatever comp it may be. Obviously, we're talking about super coach, but it even can be fantasy as well. We're going to be doing some fantasy stuff as well. So definitely converse us and put yourself up against the best, which isn't myself. It's Jesse. <laughs> see if you can do it again. That's the big test. Let's see if I can do it twice. I, I think love- that's – what is it? Second, second year syndrome. Let's see if you suffer from it. Yeah. Well, I hope not. I hope not. But, again, it's a, it's a- – It'd be great for the page if you can go, like, top 10 run. This would be fantastic. Could you imagine back to back? Far out. That'd be nuts. Anyway, miles off that so far. So, talk about uh, growing your inches. Sure. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, I think that's all we've got time for. We we are um, we're done. Uh, thank you once again for for listening. As I said, it does go a long way. Just hit that follow, hit that um, like, and give us a rating as well. Wherever you're either watching or listening, it does go a massive way and. We promised it, and it's, I think we've already produced some really great content for 2024 with the few episodes we have produced for both Supercoach and just Rugby League in general. And you do not want to miss any episodes this year. Trust me on that one. But thank you, guys. Thank you, Jesse, once again. Supercoach has just getting gotten started, and I feel stressed out already, and we haven't even started. It's going to be a long year if that's the case now. 